This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Today is Sunday, March 15th, 2020. On this day in 44 BCE, Roman general and dictator Julius Caesar was assassinated by a cabal of rival senators. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the death of 55-year-old Julius Caesar. Let's go back to ancient Rome in the early hours of the morning of March 15th, 44 BCE. The morning started slowly for Caesar. The Ides of March was an important religious holiday for the Romans, as well as the day to settle debts. He had plenty to do, yet couldn't even seem to get started. Instead, he had to endure a deluge of ominous warnings and paranoid whispers. His doctors worried he would soon have a dizzy spell and collapse. His friends claimed there was a conspiracy against him. Even his wife, Calpurnia, harangued him to stay at home, claiming she'd had frightening dreams of his violent demise. Luckily, he was saved by his friend and confidant, Decimus Brutus. Brutus waved away Calpurnia's complaints and the rumors of revolt as idle gossip. The senators had invited Caesar to the theater, hoping to honor him with a gladiatorial show. If he turned them down over a strange dream, they'd be insulted. Brutus and Caesar then made the long walk from Caesar's home to the theater of Pompey, constructed by his ally-turned-nemesis, Pompey the Great. Though Caesar had mixed feelings about the general, he admired Pompey's legacy. The theater was the first of its kind and featured a breathtaking manicured garden, complete with hand-sculpted water pieces. But Caesar didn't get much chance to admire the scenery that day. Instead, Brutus ushered him into the Curia, a small room near the entrance to the theater. Inside, dozens of senators were waiting. He'd hardly sat down when one, Lucius Tilius Cimber, approached him. Lucius begged Caesar to allow his exiled brother, Publius, to come home to Rome. Caesar refused to consider the matter, but Lucius would not be easily dismissed. He pleaded with Caesar to let Publius return, even clawing at Caesar's toga and grasping his shoulders. As Lucius spoke, the other senators started to crowd Caesar, lending their support to Lucius and babbling about their own pet projects. Finally, a stunned and annoyed Caesar cast Lucius away, proclaiming, why this is violence. The moment was exactly what another senator, Casca, was waiting for. 
With Caesar's eyes on Lucius, Casca drew a dagger from his toga and thrust it at Caesar's neck. He landed only a shallow cut, and in an instant, Caesar spun around and grabbed Casca's arm. Ever the cool military man, Caesar remained calm and held Casca firmly at his mercy. But Casca had only been the first to strike, and it was impossible for Caesar to stop all his enemies. As he started to question Casca, he felt a white-hot pain explode across his back, then another, then another. He was stabbed 23 times. As he lay covered in blood, there's some dispute about his last words. Several sources claim he didn't say anything. One claims he covered his face with his toga when he saw his friend Brutus had joined in the assassination. Another states Caesar addressed Brutus, you too, child? It was this version, adapted by Shakespeare to et tu Brute, then fall Caesar which has reigned supreme in the public consciousness since then. But the fall of Caesar was only the first step in the conspirators' quest to seize power, a quest which would eventually lead to the total collapse of the Roman Republic. Coming up, we discuss the aftermath of Julius Caesar's assassination and the imminent civil war. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now back to the story. On March 15, 44 BCE, Roman leader Julius Caesar was stabbed in the back by his political enemies. Immediately following his death, the conspirators ran throughout Rome, proclaiming that the dictator was dead and that the city was free. The reaction was not exactly what they expected. Though Caesar had been a dictator, he was immensely popular among the lower classes of the city. He also had support from a vast portion of his veteran forces. They all rallied behind Mark Antony, an ally of Caesar who had tried to stop the assassination. Antony set about consolidating his position as the remaining conspirators slipped out of Rome and built armies of their own. But Antony's progress was slowed when he learned Caesar had left the bulk of his fortune to his 18-year-old grandnephew and adoptive son, Octavius. After struggling amongst themselves, Octavius and Antony eventually formed an alliance. Together, they set out to face the armies of the so-called liberators, who supported the assassination of Caesar. The liberators were led by Brutus and Cassius, two of the men who had killed Caesar. In 42 BCE, Antony and Octavius set sail and attacked the army of the liberators near the Grecian city of Philippi. Both armies were of similar size, but Antony and Octavius's forces were better rested. 
in two battles, the Roman forces vanquished the liberators. Thousands of soldiers were killed, and both Cassius and Brutus died by suicide to prevent their capture. With that, the civil war ended. But the struggle for power continued as the Roman Empire was divided between Octavius, Mark Antony, and Lepidus, who had been Caesar's master of horse. In the ensuing years, Octavius strengthened his position in the western regions of the empire, while Antony did the same in the east. Intermittent conflict erupted between the two over the years, but things did not truly come to a head again until 33 BCE. That year, civil war looked imminent once more. Antony, allied with Cleopatra in Egypt, named Caesar and Cleopatra's son the true heir of Caesar. Octavius couldn't stand to have his status as Caesar's heir threatened. In 32 BCE, he rallied the Senate to his side and declared war against Cleopatra and Antony. The resulting conflict ended in Antony's final defeat in 30 BCE. He died in Cleopatra's arms. With almost all of Octavius's enemies gone, he was left to acquire supreme power for himself. He eventually took on the name Caesar Augustus and ushered in an era known as the Principate. The Principate marked the beginning of a time where Rome was ruled by a single emperor, formally ending the Roman Republic. Though Augustus's later rule would usher in the Pax Romana, a period of peace, his efforts to concentrate political power likely contributed to the eventual fall of the empire. Heralded as a power-mad dictator by his assassins, Julius Caesar would have likely found it amusing that these same assassins ensured the death of the Republic. In life and in death, Caesar played a pivotal role in the trajectory of the empire, and his murder became the quintessential symbol of betrayal at the hands of one's friends, a backstabbing a symbol that will continue to persist for millennia. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you'd like to learn more about Julius Caesar and his deadly betrayal, listen to my episode about him on the ParCast original, Famous Fates. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Anthony Valsic, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Terrell Wells, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 